Get ready for adventures on the high seas of Galarian. This is the Called Shot Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Called Shot Podcast. I'm Wes. I'm the GM for the Skull and Shackles campaign we are going to be running. It is an adventure path from Paizo. These are our episode zeros. We're going to be introducing both players and characters. We'll have short little vignettes to kind of give you a little bit of a background for each of the characters. Please check us out on our social media, Twitter, at Called Shot Pod. Email the called shot podcast at gmail.com or our website calledshotpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and here's Kidnick and Adagoke, as well as a short scene featuring the entire party. We're doing episode zeros right now. My name is Wes. I'm the GM for the Skull and Shackles campaign that we are doing, and we are introducing all of our characters. Today, we are introducing our newest player, Valley. Hello, Valley. Hi. See, we got a girl on our podcast. Yay! So awesome. All right, so Valley, what do you do? Uh, I I sell video games for a living. I am a, a retail manager. I've been doing that for about eleven years. That's awesome. I yeah. play video games Sweet. for a living. Actually, I wish I could make a living <laughs> off of playing video games. So, who are you playing? I am playing Kitnick Thistle Spinner. I'm sorry, Kitnick. Yes. Thistle Spinner. Yes. Uh, all right, you're gonna have to spell the first name for me. It's K-I-T-N-K. Kitnick. Kitnick. But they can call me Kit. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you can let me have I'll let a you short version. Okay, yeah. thank goodness. That's good to hear. All right. So Kitnick Thistle Spinner, what is she? She is a rogue. A, a very, rogue. very short rogue. All right. I hate to ask you this, but what's the race? I'm not going to tell <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, so what, okay, what does she look like then? She grew up with gnomes. <laughs> so we're just going to call her a gnome rogue Yeah, for now? she's a gnome rogue. Okay. She's got kind of streaky purple hair. All right. She's uh, very interesting. That scares me it just should. a little bit. <laughs> All right, so Kitnick Thistle Spinner, the gnome rogue who has streaky purple hair mm-hmm. and is very interesting. What is your, what is, hmm, trying to think of how best to phrase this, what is her prime ability what does she do that she does better than anybody else in the world she is sneaky 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 all right do not underestimate her sneakiness <laughs> where did kitnick grow up uh in osirian osirian yes where is that it's uh we got a big map on the wall yeah. that we can look at over there it's there. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on that corner. It's on that corner. Okay, so no, okay, it's in so like it's, the bottom it's continent on the, area, It's on the, right? the southern continent. Okay. On the southern side. It's on the northeast side. Okay. Uh, let me th- I'm trying to remember my Pathfinder wiki stuff. Uh, I think the bottom continent is called Garoon. So you are on the northeast corner of that bottom continent of Syria. Yes. Okay, I think I could see it just past Adam's head there. Okay. Yes. Awesome. So it's more of a deserty type area. It's it's kind of like it's it's directly south of uh, was it Absalom? Sure. Is that the the island city? Yes, that's yes, it. Okay. The, of the main city. Yes. All right. What city are you from? Ipec. It's a river city. Okay. Awesome. It's about halfway in the continent. Uh, so you say you are gnome like. So you grew up with gnomes. Yes. Do you look like a gnome? Uh, yeah, more or less? yeah. I'm a very tall gnome. My my parents just kind of uh, left me with another set of gnomes. So sure. I'm not really sure what they looked like. Okay, but they were they were gnomes. They left me with their cousins and ran off. Right. We were talking about your backstory a little while ago, and you told me you were left in Ipec. Mm-hmm. You kind of sailed down the city with a group of cousins, all you all gnomes. Yeah, they traveled. 
uh, wound up in what's what was the city that you guys wound up in? Uh, I believe it was Kurdex Thorpe. Kurdex. Oh, right, right, right. Kurdex Thorpe, uh, just outside of Port Peril. Yes. Uh, if you've listened to our other episode zeros, you know Adam's character, John Ollie, also grew up in that same area. How long have you been in Kurdex Thorpe, do you figure? Uh, let's see. My character, we got there when I was about. 40 or 50. So I was probably there about 10 years. 10 years? Okay, so you've probably run across John Ollie once or twice, but not a lot. Very very possibly when he was younger. Okay. That's pretty cool. And then um, we talked about other backstory, which we're actually going to get into uh, more as the story develops mm -hmm. within the game. I don't want to give away too much right now. But suffice to say, you were in Kurdex Thorpe, you left Port Peril, and now you're on your way back. Is yes. that right? Okay. Is there anything else? that you want to tell the audience at large exactly about uh, Miss Kitnick Thistle Spinner? I, I think that's pretty good. I think uh, any other necessary backstory will come out as we play. Okay, that's awesome. All right, then in that case, we are going to get into our, uh, it's a little bit of a scenario to introduce your character, kind of do, show off some of your special abilities as best we can. Okay. So we're going to pick the story up. You are on a boat cruising back into Port Peril. I'm on a boat. You're on a boat. Do you got your flippy floppies? <laughs> uh, uh, so you're on a boat sailing back into Port Peril. I've got a map over there of Port Peril, so you can kind of see probably on that southern inlet area uh, coming into one of the docks. Okay. I would imagine you're probably standing on the front, really taking in the city as a whole. Uh, do you remember why you're coming back to Port Peril? Yes, because uh, I am trying to find something, and I have information that someone in this area knows something about that thing. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not giving away anything. But you're trying to track down, you were told an oracle has some information. Yes. So you're trying to track down the oracle. We came up with a name for it. Oh, uh, Seer Opal. Yes, Seer Opal. So you're Opal. trying to track her down. Yes, I've, I've been told by, by a gnome that I met along my travels that it's mm -hmm. possible that Seer Opal will know some information that I need. Okay. So we're going to bring, uh, you, they gave you a pretty specific address for Seer Thopal, Opal. So you're headed there. Okay. It's a little back alley, probably towards the back end of the city, a little farther in some of the older parts, probably. So as you make your way down the street, down the alley towards Seer Opal's front door, you see a tall, lithe human female banging on the door. And they're screaming, you witch, you witch, let me in, you witch, you stole my money, you didn't give me my information, you witch, let me in. She's just hammering the door. And uh, as you come down the alley, she like must catch you out of the corner of her eye because she sees you and turns towards you and starts walking your way. Okay. What do you do? I'm going to continue walking towards the door as if she's not walking my way. I'm just going to think she's going to walk past me. Ah, so you're giving her the I'm not looking at you look. I'm, I'm going to give her the, the benefit of the doubt and hope she's not going to engage me as I <laughs> walk towards the door. All right. Uh, I finally found my card with the description on it. Uh, it's, she looks kind of like a greasy female. She's got a shaved head, kind of disgusting a little bit. Uh, but it is a very lithe figure. And if you like kind of cut your eyes to the left to actually look at her just a little bit, you catch some sharp, murderous eyes. And she is she's making contact with eye contact with you. And as you get closer, she's like, hey, you look slippery. Can you help me out? Why? Well, woman in there, she stole my money and I want it back. And you look like just the person to do it. What's in it for me? I'll split it with you. She's just staring at you very intently, 
you probably get the feeling she's not going to let you go. Well, I have to go in and talk to the seer anyway. If, if, oh, uh, you're trying to talk to the seer, uh, and she starts moving her head around like, uh, you know this isn't going to be good. Well, she is shut down for the day, and she's not letting anybody in. Hmm. You go, go knock on the door yourself. You can try it. Okay. I'm going to try. All right. So you walk up to the door. You go. The door slowly opens. Uh, standing at the door is a short woman, uh, probably middle-aged, slight gray in her hair, probably salt and pepper, a little round. And she opens the door and goes, uh, Seer Opal is uh, not seeing anybody for the rest of the day. Um, if you can come back tomorrow, that we would appreciate it. And she just slams the door in your face. Hmm. Or attempts to, anyway. I'm going to stick my foot in the door. Oh, it hurts. Uh, take a point of damage. Okay. It'll be, uh, <laughs> you know, subdual damage, I think. Fair what enough. do they call it now? They call it... Uh, Squished non- foot damage. <laughs> Help me out, guys. Non-lethal, non-lethal damage. damage. Pathfinders changed some of the rules. So she slams your foot in the door, and it hurts. I'm imagining you let out a little squeak, or do you? I'm going to let a little squeak, and now it's personal. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. And so uh, the door is not going to shut completely. All right. And she's just, uh, she just, she's, she opens the door again and goes, Seer Opal is tired, and she needs her rest in order to be able to communicate with the beyond. Will you please come back tomorrow? When tomorrow? 7 a.m. She will open at 7. You will be the first on her list no matter. Okay, I'll come back tomorrow. Thank you, Kitnick. And she shuts the door. That was the seer. <laughs> it was not. Oh. No. Okay, well, at this point, I've had someone uh, slam my foot in the door. I'm a little bit upset by this. I'm going to walk back over to the lady and go, okay, so uh, how much money were you missing? <laughs> Five silver pieces. Five silver pieces. Okay. Tell you what, I was in there for a little while. I know if you climb up that little wall right there to that window just above the door, you're going to get inside. And it should be in there somewhere. Hmm. See, now I have to decide if it's going to be worth it to possibly lose my information just because I'm upset that I had my foot slammed in the door. <laughs> uh, there was a candle candle on or lit inside that window that you could see, and mm-hmm. it blows out. All right. Well, I really want my information, so I'm going to go sneaking into the building because I really want to see the seer, and mm-hmm. I'm going to maybe get this silver back. But I, I'm really mostly going to do it because I want to get in there and see if I can find the seer. <laughs> All right. Very good. Uh, so the way this is going to work, you're going to give me a climb check. The window is probably maybe 15 feet over, um, over the door or from the ground up. It's about 15 feet. Okay. Uh, the wall is easily climbable. And there's, like, it takes somebody with skill, but for someone who actually knows how to climb up a wall, this one's not going to be very difficult. So just give me a roll and add your climb to it and tell me what the number is. 11. Oh, that's plenty. <laughs> More than enough. Uh, so you j- And you climb up. Your move speed is 20 feet per round, right? Yes. Okay, so you move up 10 feet because you have to move at half speed when you climb. Right. Uh, so give me one more roll. 16. Oh, yeah. And you just, with a little flourish, just pop up on the windowsill. You touch it, and it just swings slowly open. Obviously not locked, and you climb in. All right. And as soon as you do, something happens. <laughs> Uh-oh. You just hear, you hear a voice from the, uh, from the dark, just outside of it. It says, uh, hello, Kitnick Thistle Spinner. The fates told me much about you. Your mother is not unsavable. Please, take the five silver on my desk and return it to your new friend. And please, return at your earliest convenience. I am very tired now, and we have much to discuss. And the light comes on that's on the table, and you easily see the little five silver pieces sit 
stacked neatly on the corner. I'm going to leave the silver pieces there and go back out the window. Interesting. Not what I was expecting from a gnome rogue. Okay. Uh, give me one more climb check to get down to the bottom, just to make sure you don't break an ankle. Eleven. Yeah, yeah, plenty. So you just scurry down the thing, and then uh, at the bottom, she's like, did you get it? It wasn't there. It, did you, did you, you were there for a little while. Did you look? That's why I was there so long. Fine. Well, I appreciate you at least looking for it. Will you, uh, will you uh, accompany me for another drink? I'm always down for a drink. Let's go. I like that. Uh, my name is Syl, by the way. Nice to meet you. My name is Kit. Good to meet you, Kit. And uh, she actually begins to lead you back down the road, closer towards the harbor. And she leads you to a little bar called the Formidably Made. As you get closer, you see another gnome behind a, uh, it's a board stretched across two barrels. And playing at the table is some random looking human, let's say brown hair, dirty clothes, uh, just walks away in a huff about the time that you get up there. And as you draw closer, you hear he's got a little bit of a patter. He's like, turn a silver into gold, silver into gold. All you got to do is find the pretty queen, find the pretty queen. Hey, pretty queen, will you find the pretty queen? Just put a silver on the table and we'll let you look. And he's got the dark spectacles on so you can mm-hmm. tell he's a blind gnome, right? Yeah. I've been around gnomes too long. Yeah. I just smile <laughs> and keep walking. <laughs> he's like, all right, pretty lady, if you ever get bored, come out and find it. And he's just flipping three cards around. Give me and, a few drinks. I might come back and visit you. <laughs> uh, good to hear. Good to hear. Good to hear. And as uh, you put your hand on the door, the camera fades to black. And we'll pick up there in our combined episode zero. Thanks, Valley. No problem. All right. We would like to introduce our newest player, Davery. Howdy. Hey, Davery. So, who are you playing? I'm playing Adagoke Casca. Oh, man. <laughs> Adagoke Casca. Spell the first name for me. We'll start with that one. A-D-E-G-O-K-E. Okay, that, sounds, that actually makes sense. And the last name? Casca. C-A-S-C-A. I will never get any, either one of those right, so you'll just have to keep correcting me while we play. That's fine. So, <laughs> you're used to it, right? Yep. <laughs> All right, so Adagoke. Uh, what is Adagoke. Adagoke is a brawler. That's, his class is brawler. Okay. It's a hybrid class for any of the people who don't have the various splat books. It's a combination of the fighter and the monk. Uh, what race? Um, he's human. Uh, he is from Sargava, which mm. is a little bit, I believe, south of mm-hmm. the Shackles, where we're going to be playing. Yeah. And uh, he is half Mwangi, half Chalaxian. There's so much depth to this character already. <laughs> so half Chalaxian, half Mwangi. Why are you a brawler? Uh, he is a brawler because his parents actually ran a tavern in the largest city, Eridian, uh the largest city of Sargava. Okay. They ran a tavern at the docks, and so he worked there first as a bar as a barback, and then eventually moved all the way up to bouncer, and has just fought hand to hand with people from all across the all of Galarian. All right, so Davery, we know a little bit about your character. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do? Uh, I work in IT for a local school. What do you do for fun? Uh, I play Pathfinder. Oh, that's so good, because we're playing Pathfinder now. <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how long, have you been, uh, how long have you been playing Pathfinder then? Actually, I've only been playing Pathfinder for a couple of years now, but I've okay. been playing Dungeons & Dragons for <laughs> right, right. a number of uh, years. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't want to ever give, give away too much no, information, no. right? Okay. You pretty much add six to the number I would give you, and you get my age. Okay. Is there anything else interesting that you want to tell us about your character? About Adagoke? 
No, I think pretty much anything's going to come out during the actual gameplay. Yeah, we don't want to give away too much here in our episode zeros. So we're going to actually do a little bit of a scenario to demonstrate your character. Kind of show, I think the brawler has some weird things. What are the weird things called? The major thing the brawler gets is an ability called martial flexibility. Mm -hmm. Certain number of times per day, they can, uh, for for one minute, act as if they have a particular combat feat that they can pick. Okay. So they can kind of swap out a limited number of times per day. Well, that's cool. So you can have almost any feat in the book for one minute per day? As long as you already meet the qualifications for it. Okay, so you can't take a feat to give you a qualification to take another feat, that sort of deal? Right. Well, I, I couldn't take a feat that required a bonus, base attack bonus of plus eight, because I'm right. a first level character, don't have that. Okay. But I could take something that required, say, power attack, because my character does have the power attack feat, oh, okay. just normally. Man, that is going to be confusing. You got plans on how to keep track of all that? It's called Microsoft Excel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that works for me. I love that idea. All right. Uh, so we're going to get into the scenario a little bit. Um, we've got a little bit of a backstory for you being in Port Peril for like maybe three, four weeks, right? Right. The general plan is that Adagoke is he's going out. Like Quan Chan Kang, he's going to try and wander the earth. He's going to try and learn Kung Fu from all of the great masters. That's right. Your, your goal for getting out and traveling is you want to learn new fighting styles. Right. So okay. he is specifically going someplace where he can hop on a boat, go further out, and get punched in the face by new and different people. And Port Peril sounds like a great place to start. In fact, while you're in Port Peril, you have met up with uh, a fighting agent, I guess we could call him. Uh, his name is Quan Ding. And he has arranged a fight for you uh, with another person called the Bear. The Bear? The Bear. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to pick up with you inside of a chalk circle. Uh, you've done these fights a couple of times, so you know that the rules are basically you have to stay inside the circle, kind of like Sumo. Once you get pushed out, then you lose that round. Okay. And basically it's a best of three. Okay. Uh, unless the crowd's enjoying it, in which case the, the Quan Ding sometimes works the crowd a little bit for you to fight a little bit longer. Um, so if it's exciting and fun, it may go longer than that. All right. Sounds good. So we're starting with you outside of the chalk circle. The camera fades in and across from you is the bear. You're gonna, are you ready for this? Yes. All right. He, uh, <laughs> the bear is not what you expected. He is five foot five. He weighs about 105 pounds. And he is wearing what is obviously a cruelly made fake bear headdress. So he's like wearing this bear on top of his head. He takes it off and like does his little like sumo wrestling move or whatever as a scrawny five foot five, hundred five pound individual and gets ready to fight you. Okay. Let's go ahead and describe Adagoke now. Okay. Adagoke, if I was going to be casting him for the movie, Mm -hmm. would be played by Common, who was in Hell on Wheels. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the big guy, six pack, huge muscles. Exactly. Very fitting for a brawler. Right. right. Exactly. It right. makes sense. So you dwarf this guy probably almost by a full foot. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> so Adagoke sees this little guy yeah. come wandering up with this fake thing and just starts laughing, <laughs> just laughing. He says, the bear, man, you're more like the poodle. <laughs> and he just looks at you and goes, What's a poodle? (laughs) (laughs) Just completely baffled by anything you say. And then Quan Ding, he's working the crowd as hard as he can because they see the difference in sizes and they're a little put out. They were expecting a fight between the bear, who they were hoping was a little bigger, and then you, and they see you and like, oh, well, we bet on that guy. (laughs) And Quan Ding's like, okay, fine. And he's working the crowd and taking some bets here and there. 
and the fight begins to start. Quanting like goes to the middle. He like kind of beckons to both of you. You walk to the center. You bump fists, and he gives you the simple basic rules. And he's like, uh, "Make it interesting, boys. Fight!" And he gets out of the way. So roll initiative. Ooh, not a good initiative. Uh, <laughs> it's it was blinking. Uh, it's a twenty. Okay, yeah. Well, mine was a four. <laughs> so all right. So we're gonna say the bear goes first. All right. Uh, he immediately is going to try and bull rush you. Okay. What is your uh, bull rush for the crowd listening? It Pathfinder really simplified a lot of the special rules. Right. So it's just combat maneuver bonus versus combat maneuver defense. What is your CMD? Well, first question, does he have improved bull rush? He does not. So okay. you get your attack of opportunity. Excellent. Okay. Well, my CMD is a 15. Okay. Uh, go ahead and take your attack of opportunity first. We'll, we'll okay. resolve that real quick. All right. Uh, so with this fight, this is mm-hmm. kind of important to know, I assume that while this is a, a tavern brawl, this, this is not a to-the-death sort right, of blood definitely sport. Not. Yeah, no. is, okay. And plus, if, if it was, it would be a little one-sided. Ooh. Yeah, that, that looks good. Yeah, I wish I had done power attack because that is a 23. (laughs) All right, so are you, with your brawler, are you able to do non-lethal damage? Yes, I am able to do, much like a monk, I do extra damage hand-to-hand, but I can choose whether or not it is lethal or non-lethal. Okay, excellent. And so this is going to be non-lethal. Okay, non-lethal damage. Oh, I rolled a one, so kind of made up for that excellent attack. So (laughs) that is a four. Okay, so he takes four points of non-lethal damage, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, and now he's trying to bull rush you. Okay. He rolled very poorly. So he's going to go down towards your ankles and try to lift you up and off your feet. Okay. Uh, he's struggling. Like, you know how the feet like scurry in the dirt (laughs) while they push up against a wall? That's what his feet are. They're like, okay. And nothing happens. (laughs) (laughs) And you're just standing there like, okay. Yeah. So it is now your turn. Poor little guy. Okay. Well, I am going to (laughs) trigger my... uh, Martial flexibility. Okay. I am going to take the improved grapple feat. Oh, nice. Because as a, again, as a brawler, I have improved unarmed strike naturally. Okay. So I meet the qualifications for Very it. Very cool. So this gives me a plus two, to a plus two to attempt the maneuver. All right. And I do not provoke attacks of opportunity. Excellent. All right. Let me roll my d20. Ah, I rolled really badly. Okay. What's the total though? Um, that would be a 10. A 10. And you're trying to get his uh, CMD. CMD. Oh yeah. You can beat him. <laughs> it has a, he has a nine, just for future oh, reference. Poor guy. Yeah, I'm almost going to feel bad about this. Yeah, it's, it's not good. <laughs> okay. So you beat a 10. So I have him grappled. Okay, yes. So you are in a grappled state. Yes. All right. Uh, do you, are you able to do anything else this round? Uh, I believe I've just initiated the grapple, sure. and next round I'll be able okay. to either inflict damage or, my plan is, reposition him. Right. So now he has the opportunity to try and break your grapple for his round, right? He can use that as his action. Okay. Yes. Uh, what? So he still has to beat your 15 CMD, right? He has to beat my 17. 17. Because no, I have a bonus to it. Right, because he's already grappled. Okay. And he fails miserably. So he struggles mightily against your massive arms to get out of the grapple and fails. Right. He, you can feel a little bit of scraping against your biceps, and that's about it. <laughs> All right, so it's your turn. All right. Uh like I said, I'm going to try and reposition him. Okay. So I am going to try and just pitch him out of the circle. And that's just CMB versus CMD again? Correct. I'm so glad we're doing this now. This is awesome. <laughs> uh, well, that's still, that's a go, man. Yeah. That's a 12. <laughs> so I throw this poor little guy yeah. into somebody's table. <laughs> uh, so the crowd kind of cheers. It was a very impressive throw. They enjoyed that much, especially with the crashing into the table part. <laughs> Drinks fly everywhere. Quan Ding walks in and goes, round one, determined... Adagoke is our winner. Congratulations. 
Bear, 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 can you stand up, bear? Come on, bear. Come back into the ring. And so he, like, stumbles back to the other side. He's shaking his head because he's a little woozy. <laughs> and then he gets back into the ring, and Quan Ding goes, and fight. All right, oh, go ahead. While, while the bear is kind of staggering back, I'm mm-hmm. going to lean over to Quan and go, put some of my money on this. <laughs> Quan goes, no. <laughs> Good idea, though. <laughs> All right, uh, so let's roll initiative again. Okay. Ooh, he rolled well. I world better, but not well. So okay. 13. 13, he beat you with the 17. Okay. Um, uh, so it's his turn first, and this time he's, he learned his lesson. He probably can't bull rush you because that hurt last time. He's, <laughs> he's almost knocked out. Uh, so this time he's just going to like slowly move up towards you, and he's going to try and uh, punch you in the ribs, which okay. is just a melee attack. What's your AC? All right, so are we assumed to be shirtless? We are not wearing armor? I would th- that's what that? I'm thinking, yeah. Okay. So, um, in that case, my armor is an 11. Uh, he actually does connect. He does uh, one point of damage. Because okay. <laughs> I think it's like a D2 minus one for this guy. So If he does not have improved unarmed strike, he provokes an attack of that opportunity. That he does have, though. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like a D3 minus or plus okay. or whatever. That's all he has. <laughs> but he does have at least that much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> at least the little guy has something. <laughs> he's got something for him. So, he's done one point of damage to you, non-lethal. Okay. Uh, your turn. All right. Well, that worked really well for me last time. I still have improved grapple for like another nine rounds. So (laughs) I'm going to try and grab the little guy. All right. Did you beat a nine? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good point. So (laughs) grappled again. Grappled again. He's then going to try and struggle out of it and fails. So now it's your turn. Are you going to try and reposition him again? Um, Are you going to do something more fun and interesting? um, Because remember, you're playing to a crowd. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, sure. I'm going to lift him up over my head. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to raise him up and start bench pressing him. (laughs) Get a couple of reps in. (laughs) I mean, this is obviously not going to be enough of a workout for you, so you got to work a little bit, right? Exactly. Okay, roll for it. All you got to do is beat a nine. Okay. Got it. Fantastic. So you do exactly that, bench pressing him. He's screaming the whole time, like slapping at your arms. I'm kind of walking the circle, letting everyone get a good look at that. All right, so he's going to try and break the grapple again. Okay. Uh, fails miserably this time. He doesn't even connect with any body part right now. He's just like flailing like a, like a fish out of water <laughs> over, the, over your head right now. So <laughs> what's your move now? All right, are, how far away from the other tables are we? I know I can throw him into a table, sure. but... I guess around the circle, they're probably not much more than five feet around, and they completely surround the circle, except for like okay. one aisle that'll lead out okay. of the way. Because my thoughts were, if I can, without getting out of the circle myself, mm-hmm. if I can set him down at a table, like oh. set him in a chair. Oh, gotcha. Uh, in that case, um, Quan Ding actually has a, two, a VIP table okay. really close to the ring that you have to pay extra to sit at. Perfect. Uh, so there's two VIPs sipping like some... Uh, some Far away exotic wine. All right, yeah, I'm gonna walk over. I'm gonna try and set him in one of the other chairs there and say, okay. "How about you two share your drinks with this fella?" All right. Uh, well, all right. We're gonna make it a plus five difficulty if that's if that works for you because you're trying to do something a little more specific. Okay. So it, you had to beat a DC of fourteen. Okay. I got Guys, a 16. Nice. <laughs> so you just barely made it. Fantastic. So you walk over to the table and you're like, "And share the drinks with this man." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Quan Ding comes in the circle and is like, uh, Adagoke wins again. <laughs> and the crowd's just like, rrr, rrr, rrr. All right, They all enjoyed right. it. He's like, uh, Do you guys want to see more? And they're kind of like, rrr, rrr, rrr. 
crowd's really not into it at this point. You are just annihilating this okay. guy. He's like, well, I guess I, I got... And he just starts to like walk away. And you hear, stop, coming from the other side of the circle. And standing over there is another person roughly the same size as you, except he has a dagger at this point. And he's like, Quan Ding, I'm coming for you for embarrassing my little brother. And Quan's gone. <laughs> he's out the door. He's disappeared. As soon as he heard stop, he, he's gone. All right. So, so then he turns his attention to you. All right. So let me, let me make a quick perception check. Sure. Does this guy maybe have a sort of family favoring of the bear? Sure. Perception. Oh, yeah. I got like a 23. <laughs> so you succeed. And yes, uh, as tiny as the bear is, this guy is just as big. And you would imagine this oversized headdress that the bear is wearing probably fits this guy a little bit better. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to turn, put my hands up. Yeah. Like, my friend. It seems like we have both been abandoned by Quan Ding. Maybe we can talk this out. He's like, no talk, only stab, and he and he uh, charges you. Okay. So roll initiative. Oh, please let me win this one. Uh, Thirteen. I rolled a one. Hey. So you get to go first. So okay. he, that's it. obviously he's trying to initiate, but both are aware of the attackers. So we're going in initiative order. Okay. It's your turn. All right. Um, what is, he, what is he wearing? What's he dressed like? Oh, he looks almost exactly like you. Uh, bare-chested, just some like uh, cloth breeches, uh, barefoot. Okay. But he's got the dagger. Well, this seems appropriate for me to switch out my feats again. Okay, fantastic. All right, so for my move action, I'm going to switch my martial flexibility to a feat from Ultimate Combat called uh, Desperate Battler. Oh, <laughs> If you are perfect. all by yourself... <laughs> <laughs> Which you are. Yes, you get a plus one to hit and a plus one to damage. Oh, really? Yes. That's fun. Okay, cool. So your move action. Now yes. what are you doing? Uh, I assume he's charging at me. He, he's trying to, but he's still standing in his spot where he originally was. Okay. How far away from me is he? Let's say 30 feet. Okay, so I can't take a five foot and close to him. Nah, unfortunately. All right. And so I can't... I probably should have held my action until he did something then. Sure. That's okay. That's all I can do because I can't... Are you going to try and move away from him? Maybe put a table between you so it's difficult terrain. Okay, because well, I can't can do, do a that. move action and a sure. move, right? Yeah, you can move and move. Yeah, that'll be great. Okay, yeah, let me do that. Let me step back 15 and over to the side five okay. or whatever. So you put a, a table and several chairs between you and what you can only imagine is the actual bear. Right, yes. So he's, uh, he's going to try to make an acrobatics check in order to vault over the table and stab you with a knife. Oh, wow, I rolled really well. That's exactly what he tries to do. Okay. So he's going to then try and stab you. Your AC is 11? 11. All right. Uh, he just barely made it. Uh, he rolled a 10. Yikes. So uh, he actually is able to connect, and he does a D4 of damage. I'm going to fake a roll, and he did two points of damage. Okay. Actual, real, lethal damage. Right. So now it's... Oh, I, it's your turn, yeah. For lack of a better plan, I'm just going to punch this guy in the face. Okay. Ooh, Yo, yeah, 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 yeah. That was... A, uh, he rolled an 18. Uh, so uh, that yeah, definitely yeah. is going to connect. So that, that's like a 24. Oh, yeah, yeah after. His, his AC is basically okay. yours. So Okay. Uh, from now on, I'm not going to do it now because I didn't mention it, but mm -hmm. from now on, I'm going to also power attack. Okay. Gotcha. I did six points. This is lethal. The, uh, six points of lethal damage? Yes. Oh, he staggers back like... Uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right. I just drive my palm straight into his nose. Oh, it hit. <laughs> just a smattering of blood splashes. And you're actually at the table with the wine drinkers. Mm -hmm. uh, so it drips into their wine, and they're they're out of the way. Too. Okay. Like, Wait, oh. those glasses? 
Both glasses. Oh. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of blood. That was that was a massive attack on this guy. All right, uh, so he's then going to try and stab you again. He rolls really, really well. Does three points of damage this time. Okay. Uh, and it is your turn. How many hit points do you have left? Um, I am at half damage, okay, so I have half. six left. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to power attack, but I'm going to do non-lethal damage here because I don't want to murder anybody in okay. Port Peril. Roll that again. That's actually pretty good because yeah. that is that's 11. So you rolled 11? Yes. Perfect. You hit him. Okay. Doing non-lethal damage? Doing eight non-lethal. Oh, yeah. So he's out cold on the floor. Okay. And uh, about that time, um, as soon as he hits the floor, another guy walks up to you and goes, Man, that first fight was terrible. That fight was awesome. Please, allow me to buy you a drink. I am going to reach down, pick up the dagger that the bear was carrying, sure. put that in my belt, and say, I'd love a drink. That's a great idea. Uh, if you'll join me, my name is Sam's Toppin. Sam's Toppin? Yep. Out of go, okay. Good to meet you. This guy is barefoot, and he's bareheaded except for a red scarf on his head. Okay. Uh, he's like, I know just the place. Follow me, good friend. And he uh, leads you down outside of the, where you're fighting now and leads you towards the docks. Okay. And you, as you approach, you realize you're going towards uh, a very well-known bar called the Formidably Made. Okay. And uh, just outside of the bar, you see a nearly blind gnome. You can only know because they've got dark glasses over his eyes. Mm -hmm. And he's uh, got a plank spread over the top of two barrels. Okay. Okay. And he's just uh, sitting there shuffling some cards. And standing in front is, uh, you see, it's kind of a very pale human, long white hair. Uh, and as uh, you get closer, they just nod and go back inside. So they make their way back into the Formidably Made, and the uh, gnome standing there is just shuffling the cards. He's got a little bit of a patter, mm -hmm. which is just uh, turn a silver into gold, silver into gold. Find the, find the lovely queen, turn a silver into gold. All you got to do, dear sir, is put a piece of silver on the barrel right here, and I find the queen, and I can turn it into a gold. I'll just put my hand up and say, I have already been unlucky tonight, my friend. Oh, are you sure? It's just got to find the queen, find the queen, find the queen, silver and a gold. Thank you, but no. And I'm going right. to walk inside with, uh, with Sam. I got to get, get his free booze. Right. So Sam's is like, that was a good choice. I've seen this man screw so many people out of that one silver. <laughs> Come on in. Let me buy you a drink. And as soon as uh, you put your hand on the doorknob, we're going to fade to black, and we're going to pick up there with episode zero. All Thanks, right. Davey. Thanks. All right. So we are doing episode zero now. I've actually got everybody around the table all at once, and we are going to go ahead and introduce everyone. But first, my name is Wes. I am the GM, Game Master, Dungeon Master, the Dungeon Master of uh, the entire game of Skull and Shackles. We yeah. are doing the Skull and Shackles Adventure Path from Paizo. Let's go ahead and give them the plug. If you enjoy the game that you were listening to today, visit www.paizo.com. That's P-A-I-Z-O. Uh, so first, let's introduce all of our players. Sitting to my left, I see a little card that says Sebastian on it. Is that your name? My name is Sebastian, yes. Excellent. Uh, who is playing Sebastian? My name is Chad. Chad, Chad, what do you do for a living? I know we, we did it all in our individual episode zeros, but we're going to go ahead and do it again. I am a network administrator. Uh, sitting to his left is Matt, and I see a little card that says Fane. Fane. Who are you, Matt? What do you do? I am currently between jobs, but I'm a mm -hmm. registered nurse, uh, 
and I'm playing Fane the Bard. All right, next we have John. Yep, I'm John. Who, who is playing John? Uh, my name's Adam. Adam, what do you do? I'm a systems engineer. And next to his left, I see a name that I'm going to mess up the whole game. I hope you forgive me. His name is Adagoke. You got it right. <laughs> right. Right on the first go, man. Aid Goki. Aid Aid Goki. Is that is that right? Aid, no. That is Adagoke. so far from right. <laughs> uh, who is so playing far from Adagoke? Right is left. <laughs> <laughs> who is playing Adagoke? My name's Davery. I'm an I, I work in IT at a local school. And next we have Oh man. These names. Kitnik, is that right? Yes. I got it right. I know we did an episode zero, but oh my God, I'm going to mess these up. Kitnik, K-I-T-N-K. No vowels except for the one. I underlined the K-I-T part, so you can just do Kit. Oh, right. We can do Kit. You can, do, you can call me Kit. Who is playing Kit? My name is Valley. What do you do, Valley? Uh, I am a retail sales manager. I sell video games. That is so much fun. I you have the coolest it. job of all of us. It's, it's basically not as cool. Yes. Like, if I actually did what my degree is for mm-hmm. I would, I'm an archaeologist, which I did do in the past. <laughs> so you'd be digging up Nintendo games, from right? The, like like the ET houses. game That's that all, exactly yeah, what I was saying. Is buried. <laughs> that would have been my ideal dig. But yes, I sell video games, which is nothing like what I'm educated to do. I think I forgot to ask you in your episode zero. How long have you been playing RPGs? Uh, twenty years. Twenty years for a while now. Yeah. So you're like twenty two. So you've been playing since yeah, you were like with that. two, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. I knew I liked you. <laughs> No, I haven't played for a while. Like I, I'm gonna mess up a bunch of stuff, I'm sure, because I've not been playing much in the past five years since I moved back to Tennessee. But before yeah. that, we had three games a week going in my house. Oh, man. You'll, it's like riding a bike. Oh yeah, you'll be fine. And you got and you fall off a lot. Yeah, but that's okay. You got four other players who know the three, two other players that know the rules really well, so they'll be able to help you. I out. bought a lot of books. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's why we like you. There we Investment go. in the game. All right, so this is our episode zero. We are introducing the characters. The adventure path starts in a completely different area than where we're at. We're telling the pre-story. This is how you guys got into a lot of trouble. These are the prequels. Chad will be playing Jar Jar. Oh. <laughs> I am going to peg you with a die from here. I, oh, Boo. man. Boo. Get out. I'll leave. Now the Call Shot Podcast is looking for a new member. <laughs> uh, please apply. No, uh, and so we are... All of our episode zeros, if you haven't listened to them yet, you definitely should go back and listen to them. Everybody has now wound up inside of the bar formidably made. And we're back. All right, we had to like discuss a few things. You're going to notice that we do that a lot here while we try and find our footing. Uh, luckily, you don't notice. Uh, the only reason you even know is because I'm telling you about it. Uh, but it was a weird cut. So, what we are trying to do with this game isn't just to play Pathfinder. We're trying to take Pathfinder just a step above, a little bit to the advanced side of Pathfinder, um, because it's a little bit more fun that way, right? Uh, So one thing that we're using, we're actually using Hero Points. If you want to know more, uh, I suggest you visit d20pfsrd.com. We'll talk about about Hero Points and some of the other stuff a little bit more in-depth in another episode, but definitely want to touch on that now. We're using Hero Points. We're using a thing called background skills. Everybody gets two extra skills to use that are not some of the main ones like perception. Uh, and also, most of our characters are using some sort of an archetype of their base character or using a hybrid uh, class rather than just a base fighter class. Is that right? Right. Yes, yes. right on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, let's just touch on that just real quick. So, Chad, what is Sebastian? Sebastian is a tattooed sorcerer. It allows him to use 
magical tattoos to enhance certain uh, schools of magic. Okay, so that's so it's replacing some things that a sorcerer would normally get with something else. Correct. Okay, so you're an archetype. Yes. All right, uh, Matt. Uh, playing a bard sound striker. Sound striker replaces a couple of his abilities at third and sixth level for offensive abilities. Okay. Using his performances per day. All right, what are you replacing? Uh, the first, I, I'm having a hard time remembering because it's taken it out. Isn't it? Uh, does it fascinate? I believe the first one's fascinate. No, okay. I've got fascinate's first level. Third level, okay. I'm not sure what the first. The third level is a word strike, replaces something, and it's a minor attack, a ranged attack that does a little bit of damage to animate objects, non-animate objects, inanimate objects take full damage, and I guess beings take half damage. Okay. And then at sixth level, instead of getting suggestion, I get weird words. Oh, which right, is right. actually okay. kind of powerful. Um, every four levels, you get to use one word, which does 46 points of slashing or piercing damage, it's or whatever so, kind you want. It's been so long since we did, did our episode zero that <laughs> now it's coming back to me. Uh, you get to do range damage with your words that break bones. Is that kind of like the, the old urban legend or whatever of the opera singer who can shatter glass? Mm, could be. Sort yeah. of like that. And I was, I was actually going to get online and see if I could find just a sound bite of the... From Skyrim, the the, dra- the dragons oh, yeah. sound when they, <laughs> oh, the shouts, make, the right. shouts. Whenever they, I'm gonna see if I can maybe come up with that. Okay. Whenever I use that, it's gonna be a few days. Sure, it's gonna be a little while before we get yeah, there. Right? One or two yeah. days. All right, uh, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody lost <I'm> focus. <laughs> focus on me. No. Uh, what is John? What is the special thing about John? Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So John is a swashbuckler. Uh, it's not an archetype, but it's right. just a hybrid class between fighter and gunslinger. Uh, that gives me That's panache. Mm-hmm. So uh, gunslingers get grit points. Mm-hmm. Uh, panache is similar to that. So it gives me certain things that I'm allowed to do. Um, I get panache points equal to my charisma modifier okay. per day. All right. So I get to use you know uh, things like daring do. It adds a one d six points to an acrobatics climb, escape artist check, oh. fly ride, swim. Okay. So it, it's kind of some fun stuff. You know, just adds a little bit of extra flair. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Davery. Right. Uh, I'm playing Adagoke. I'm a brawler. Brawler is also a hybrid class. It's a hybrid of the fighter and the monk. Hmm. It gives uh, unarmed damage, just like a monk gets, uh, at unarmed lethal damage as opposed to just non-lethal, like most people. And uh, the main other thing it gets is an ability called martial flexibility, which lets me act as if I have a particular combat feat a few times per day. That sounds like a lot of fun, especially the martial f- feat tree. Uh, we'll call it the, the feat tree of Excel. Lintz. Exactly, yes. Excellent. The tree of spreadsheets. Yes. <laughs> and Valley. I guess the fact I'm an unchained rogue. Would, yeah, would you're not be playing it. the yeah. base class. Yeah, I'm not playing the base class. Uh, unchained rogue, uh, it's a little different than what I'm used to playing. Mm-hmm. So one of the main things is I get weapon finesse for free. Right. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. It means I do more stuff. Uh, I think Paizo really recognized that the base rogue was a little bit weaker than a lot of the re- other classes, mm-hmm. so they kind of buffed him up a little bit with the Unchained series. I, I think it's, it's going to be really something great. new for me to to yeah. learn. I mean, it's still very similar, but mm-hmm. it's got uh, it's got some some cool little stuff. Awesome. I'm still learning as I go on that. Yeah, so am I. We all are because these are all new to all of us. Anything else we want to talk about before we really get started and into the scene? I no? think we're good. How was your day? Uh, my day was lovely. Good, great. Let's get going. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roll to hit. Yeah. <laughs> Roll initiative, bitches. Okay. The camera fades in on two foaming mugs. As they separate, the scene of the rowdy bar is revealed. A human male is playing a lute on a slightly raised stage in the very far corner. A full bar with an active bartender is to the left. Four tables are scattered across the bar. 
Immediately to the camera's left is a crackling fire in a large stone fireplace. A very slight woman in bright clothes stands on a table ordering drinks for everybody in the bar. So we're going to introduce three of our characters. Uh, where is Sebastian? Sebastian is sitting at the small table closest to the door, uh, shuffling a deck of cards. There are actually already two people inside the bar at one of the other tables playing cards. Uh, would you like to join them? Or are you going to try and entice somebody else? I believe I will try to entice someone else into a game. All right, so you're just sitting there shuffling through your cards. Fane, where are you? Fane is right smack dab in the middle of the bar, spinning in circles, head on a swivel, just looking at life in general of the pirate, pirates of this bar. <laughs> so, so you're just in complete and utter amazement he trying is. to take it all in? He is, just looking around, taking notes, uh, just, just soaking it all in. And uh, John, where is John located? John is at the bar. Okay. Uh, he just lost a lot of money to a gnome. <laughs> That's right. A I forgot it. Okay. Blind gnome. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, so he's <laughs> drinking his sorrows. Okay. So uh, the slight woman that's standing up on a table has bought all three of you drinks. Oh, thanks. Nice. Awesome. Thanks. Excellent. She says, hey, I just want everybody to have a good time tonight. She just is dancing away on the table. She's got a, a very manly voice. Well, you know. Is she, you said she's in a red dress? Uh, she has brightly, brightly colored clothes, uh, probably oh. oranges, reds, uh, probably a few purples and pinks as well. A dress or like a piratical outfit? Oh, it's going to be, uh, uh, regular pants and some sort of a vest and loose fitting shirt. Okay. While we've introduced you three now, just before we get to the other guys, uh, there is going to be an NPC that enters the bar. Uh, I've got two characters there, so it's going to be the one that's taller. Is going to walk in and move towards the bar. And the bartender just greets him warmly. Uh, he's a tall individual. Give me just a second. got to get my card. that has all my information on it. Wes has left the building. I'm gone. <laughs> all right, it's a tall man. It's a tall man. He's human. <laughs> uh, brown hair is sticking out beneath his tricorn hat. It is class. He's also wearing uh, a cloak or a robe. or It's more of a coat. Uh, it's classic pre-thrown Cheliax Admiral's coat. It is complete with gold braid and naval ribbons. Also, his admiral's ribbons that you easily recognize are also upside down. And the bartender greets him and he goes, Endymion, it is so good to see you. I am glad you came to join us here at the Formidably Made. What are you drinking? And then Endymion just looks at him and the bartender is like, I know, I'll get it for you. And he goes into the little back room that's there in the back. Next, we're going to introduce Adagoke. Where are you in the bar? Okay, Adagoke is sitting at a table <laughs> near-ish the stage. Uh, he's sitting at the one that, for the viewers at home, has all the spilled tavern, spilled mugs all around it because <laughs> he's been offered free drinks from Sam, and he's going to try and take advantage of that situation. So uh, you're deep into your cups at this point. I am going to try to be, when I notice the Chalaxian fellow, mm -hmm. I'm going to move from the position I'm at at my table to another part of the, the same table that lets me kind of keep an eye on that guy okay. because I don't trust those shady Chalaxians. Uh, so you're watching the Chalaxian, and next we're going to introduce Kitnik. Where are you located? I am at the bar because uh, Sill, who I ran into right. in the, the alleyway, offered to buy me a drink for sure. my, my efforts. And as soon as Sill comes in, she kind of points to the lady that's standing on the table, waves, kind of points at you, and Sill disappears. But the drink is waiting for you at the bar. Okay? So uh, when you say right. she disappears, like... 
Oh, as in gone G- or like, <laughs> no? I've got to be careful in my choice of words. There's a puff of smoke, uh, <laughs> and she's gone. Everybody no. notices. It's amazing. <laughs> no, she just uh, kind of points at Kit, and then just turns around and walks out. The do I notice okay. this pointing? Like, do I see her point? Roll me a perception check. All right. It's kind of above your head. Wah, wah. <laughs> Is it going to be a bunch of short jokes from now on? Absolutely. Perception. <laughs> Fifteen. Fifteen. Yes, you do. Okay. She just points at you, uh, kind of makes that contact with the brightly colored individual on the table and walks out the door. What does that individual do? Does she like nod? Or oh, yeah. She just nodded and gave her the thumbs up. Okay. I'm going to be a little bit skeptical of sure, this. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> As you should be in a bar full of people that are trying to coax you into it and buy uh-huh. you free drinks. You said the Admiral, his ranking was upside down or yes. something was off with his, his coat? Uh, it's the classic pre-throne uh, just for a little bit of background, Cheliax now is owned or run by House Throne. Uh, the coat that he is wearing is from before that occurrence happened. I suspect he may not be a real admiral. <laughs> or not right. anymore. Is there... Uh, Adagoke has knowledge local. Sure. So do I recognize the fact that with those upside down admiral's bars, is that just possibly a mistake or oh. is it something traditional like is a sign of distress anybody or... who has spent any more than two weeks in port peril give me a knowledge local everybody everybody who's been here for more than two weeks i've been nearby Ooh. does that count yes absolutely okay. 22 14 i got a 10 mm-hmm. 15 for knowledge local yes 15 everybody recognizes who this is this is endymion aranax lord of hell harbor he is a great pirate. Okay. One of the most respected pirates on the uh, inside of all of Port Peril. He's actually a member of the Pirate Council. The fact that he is gracing the formidably made with his presence is a sign of great respect for the bartender. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> you said Lord of what harbor? Lord of Hell Harbor. Hell Harbor. Mm-hmm. It's one of the harbors. It's like a pleasant place. place. Lots All the people go there for fun. Yeah. And winches everywhere. <laughs> I need to go there. <laughs> Excellent. Why are we still here? <laughs> You're like, let's go to Hell Harbor. Why not? Is that here uh, in this city? Uh, it's Harbor? outside of per- Port Peril, but Port it's Peril. part of the shackles. Okay. After Syl makes her exit before the door closes, another person walks in. This one is a medium height female. She has long, flowing brown hair, haughty features, and bright blue eyes that stare at you with obvious disdain. You were looking at me, staring at me no. in disdain. <laughs> no, I am, because I hate you. Damn it. No, she walks directly to the bar and orders a drink and begins actually holding a conversation with the bartender that seems to be getting fairly in-depth. Uh, if you're actually waiting for another drink, you have to wait on this conversation to finish. Free drinks, I'll wait. <laughs> uh, who was that that said that? Fane will wait for free drinks. <laughs> So, uh, since John is sitting at the bar, can yeah. I kind of listen into the conversation? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't have anything else going on, so sure. I'm just kind of eavesdropping. At this point, how many drinks have you had? Uh, like four or All five. All right, take a minus one for every drink. Uh, to perception? Yes. 14. I rolled a 19, so... Okay. Uh, you actually are able to hear exactly what she's asking for, and, and she's kind of whispering a little bit with the bartender, and she's... The gist of the conversation that you get is she is looking for a local place to purchase or rent to uh, move her performance troupe into. Performance troupe like a circus or? Uh, you really can't tell. She okay. just says performance troupe. Those are the words she uses. Uh, okay. You get the sense that it's probably not much more than five or six people, probably closer to three or four. Uh, you actually re- also recognize her uh, accent. It's definitely Chalaxian. And she carries herself with great grace. 
Hmm. So she's probably like a higher up there or possibly maybe not higher up, but definitely somebody who is deep within the organization. Of okay. Charlie X, the awesome. land of. I sit down and start drawing the Admiral. In my, oh, yeah? In my, just sketching him out for who, later. Who, who does that? I, uh, Fane sits Fane. down. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Episode zero, the first time we all record, it's fun, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm used to speaking myself in the third person. Fane sits down and begins to start doing to this on a regular basis. It's going to be really weird. <laughs> We're all going to go to the bar later, and you're like, Matt hey, has Matt. to pee. <laughs> <laughs> we all start using the royal B. <laughs> right. Oh, man. So, uh... Since since John overhears this and hears that she's part of a performance group, mm-hmm. uh, he's going to look at her, and I'm assuming I don't know her name. Have I had, no. have I heard her say? Probably not at this okay. point. Uh, I'll introduce myself, and I'm going to let her know, like, oh, so you're you know you're okay. into performing. All right, so so you basically like kind of like drunkenly move over a table or two, maybe not drunk because it's only four drinks at this point, right? But yeah, a little sure. tipsy, a little tipsy, and you're like, uh, what do you say? Uh, hey, so I, I hear that you're talking about a performance group here. She just turns to look at you and goes, yes, oh. and? I, well, I'm a little bit of a performer myself. I like to hmm. do flips and tricks. Are you now? I'd like to think so. Uh-huh. Uh, do you want to see any? I can, I can show you what I can do. Oh, man, and her nose goes so far up, it brushes the ceiling. She's like, excuse me? <laughs> you're excused. <laughs> what do you want to do? Flips and tricks. I don't understand why I have to be involved in that. Does, does the volume of the entire conversation raise? Oh, when, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the whole bar is listening to this now. Well, I just uh, thought since you had a performance group, you might like to see. But are you a mere commoner trying to suggest that you might join my troop? Adagoke will grab a flagon from the, uh, mm-hmm. the table, start banging it on the table. Flips and tricks! Flips and tricks! Flips and tricks! <laughs> Well, trying to get, wave his hand at other okay, people, trying to yeah. get them oh, to get the, in on there's it. There's a couple, the two that are playing cards, they've stopped playing cards now. They're looking at you and they're like, yeah, flips and tricks. And they've taken up their daggers out and banging That's the right. pommel thump, thump, on thump, the thump, table. Thump, 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 jumping up and down, yeah. banging the table. Yeah, clips and, clips and flips. And she's just like an obvious, just, ah, what is, and she just looks at the bartender and he kind of just shrugs at her and she's like, Fine. Well, you what called you me have? a commoner, but I am the soon-to-be-well-known pirate, John Ole. <laughs> well, John Ole, the soon-to-be-excellent pirate, why don't you show me what you can do? I'll show you, and I'll outshow anyone you bring in here from your performance group. Oh, my. <laughs> and she just, like, turns her back on you and walks away. And what do you do to impress so I'm, we're standing at the bar. I'm going to hop up onto one of the uh, barrels that are in front of the bar there and then hop up onto the bar itself and try and do, like, I don't know, a double backflip onto the table in front of Adagoke. In front of Adagoke. Yeah, so the table he's sitting at. So I'm going to okay. flip right back into him and kind of, I don't know, flare is, my arms out or something. Is she leaving? She turned her back and is, like, walking out of the bar? Uh, the lady at the bar turns around. Her, it puts her back towards uh, John. But she makes her way towards the fireplace and begins to warm her hands by the fire. Fane wants to approach her while she's working, walking towards the fireplace. Okay. So you're going to walk over and you're going to talk to her. We'll account for that in just a little while. Sure. Uh, but we're going to do this acrobatics trick because I really want to see what happens here. The acrobatics DC to hit a very specific space. We're going to say <laughs> is a... I'm not going to tell you. 
that's fine. <laughs> so, as a swashbuckler, uh, I'm going to use one of my panache points, sure. and I'm Blood. going to use what's called daring do. Okay. Uh, so it's an it, it basically I roll or I spend one panache point um, out of the three that I have. I roll one d6 and I add that result to my check. Um, if the result are, is equal to six, I get to add another one. So I can roll again. So basically exploding dice. Exactly. Oh, and man. that is up to <laughs> uh, my my dex modifier for the day. Okay. So Well, not for the day, in general. So that's three times. So you can explode your dice up to three times. Mm-hmm. And if you do it, you could have a max of plus 18 to your acrobatics check. Exactly. Just from your... Just from oh my this. God. <laughs> All right. I already love... Uh, everybody play a swashbuckler from now on. I know you awesome. seem really confident for yeah. some reason. Yeah. Now I know why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Give me your roll and tell me what you got. All right. All right. Oh, oh, I roll a six. The first one <laughs> gonna explode. <laughs> flips and tricks. Flips and tricks. Flips and tricks. Uh, roll it again then. Do it. So I'm already at 25. Do I really need to? Yeah, I do need. Yeah, to roll keep rolling. One. Oh yeah, I want to see what you get. <laughs> Contain your roll. All right, so I rolled a four this time. Uh, okay. So John rolled a total of 29. 29. Uh, I will tell you that the DC was nowhere near that. <laughs> so I want you to describe in detail exactly how you pull this off. You're standing so on top I of take the bar. one foot, put it up onto one of the uh, stools. Take another foot, step it up onto the bar, and as I, as I'm doing that, I point right at the lady, the wink at her, and just point as I stand straight up and flip backwards. And through the entire flip, I'm like shooting guns. Not that they would know what guns are, but you know, like like just pointing back and forth at everyone in the bar, and just flip twice and land right in front of Adagoke. Grab his head and kiss him on the forehead and say, thank you, thank you for the applaud. And I will ah! start slamming yeah. my hands the, on the table. The bar just goes absolutely apeshit crazy. Everybody's cheering. Even uh, the lady at the, uh, the fireplace turns around and watches and just is somewhat taken aback. As she should be. Yeah. She, <laughs> she kind of stands up a little stiffly and actually uh, makes her way back to the bar to attempt to resume her conversation with the barman. I mean, she's taking a backflip. <laughs> no! Oh, <laughs> nice. Everybody's no, funny at this table. Good. All right, so next we had Fane wanted to go and speak to the lady at the stone fireplace. The bar is very loud at this point because they are cheering for John over there, and especially since he kissed Adagoke on the uh, on the forehead. We get, we're going to come back to that. You I two make a lovely couple. <laughs> you, you do. You look beautiful. Uh, so, but we're going to do Fane over here now. I was gonna walk. Uh, Fane's gonna walk up to the lady. Uh, my lady, you never know when you find a diamond in the rough. You should pay attention to him. I was gonna use a diplomacy to see if she would, okay, maybe watch him do his trick. All right. Uh, basically, the way diplomacy works for the friends at home is uh, she's gonna be indifferent at this point. Okay. So you just have to make a very simple check in order to increase her attitude. All right. Uh, she has a fairly high charisma. So, okay, I got your modifier. Right. Go for it. Is it charisma or is it wisdom to resist charisma too? It's charisma based. It's uh, to change the attitude of an NPC with diplomacy. It's mm-hmm. uh, her charisma. Okay, cool. Plus a base modifier, so. 14. Uh, she just, after you try to explain that maybe she should listen, she just kind of, even though she seems to be impressed by his flip, your words don't seem to have any effect. Didn't she, need them. She ignores it. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Uh, she just kind of like looks at you a little bit, kind of s- out of the corner of her eye, and like, is this individual talking to me? And she says that to herself. Like, is this person talking to me? <laughs> Isawin, the greatest bard, Chalaxian diva, really? Fane shrinks and goes back to his table to drink. That's what I thought. And she just makes her way over to the bartender. 
All right, so John and Adagoke, show me what's going on. All right, so he lands on the table, knocks everything, gives the kiss on the head. I grab the guy, sling him down off, go, excellent, and shake him by the shoulders. Then I grab both of the flagons that are at the mm-hmm. table, stuff one in his hand, and say, that deserves a drink. Let's make them give us one. <laughs> <laughs> so empty flagons, right? Right, and we're going to storm towards the bar. <laughs> Slam them down. Okay. Uh, we haven't heard from Kitnick yet. Miss Kit, what are you doing while all of this craziness is happening? I am just kind of leaning against the bar, listening. Okay, so you're and, and probably going to be close to almost in the way of two very large individuals making their way towards the bar with empty mugs. Uh, yeah, actually, I kind of am in their way. You're right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to move out of their way. <laughs> They're a little over-exuberant for my not-drinking self, because I haven't had anything yet. We are exuberant and focused. <laughs> yes. I've seen those people in bars. So right. I am, uh, I'm just going to kind of move out of the way. So when you move over to the corner of the bar, the girl that's dancing on the table, and she's laughing and cheering and really happy for the two of you as well, um, she sees you, and she's like, why aren't you drinking? Drink. Bartender, give her a drink. Anything she wants. On the house. All right, well, I'm going to go order a cup of mead. Mead? He has plenty of it in the, on the tap. So he serves you your drink, and he goes back to talking to the lady from the very stuck-up lady <laughs> at the bar now. Well, like I said, we slam our, our, our mm-hmm. flagons on the bar. And I go, you now have a story that, you will be, that will be shared about your, in your tavern for decades. Fill these up. <laughs> And, he, and the bartender just gives both of you the eye. He looks at the colored, the lady in the brightly colored clothes on the table. She nods, and he feels your drinks as well. Sebastian, we have yet to hear from you. What are you doing? Uh, Sebastian is... Sebastian will cast Prestidigitation. Mm. Use it to shuffle a deck of cards in the air in front of him. Interesting. Uh, he catches the eye of the two individuals that had stopped their card game to enjoy the show that John put on. And they both beckon to you like, you look to be pretty good, old man. Old man? What? That's what we call I am many things, but I'm not certain I am old. <laughs> I'm 37. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that old. Ignore the gray. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the two guys at the table are like, all right, we call everybody old man. Please, have a seat. Join us. Sebastian will join you. Why not? And uh, they begin to play a very simple game, exactly the same game that you were playing in the bar earlier. Well, hopefully this will go better than last time. And Tam comes over, taps you on the shoulder and goes, be careful with these two. They're good friends of mine. And he walks out. Very well. Deal the cards. Let's see what, uh, what Lady Luck has in store for us, eh? You can play for a little while. Uh, probably a couple of hands. Go ahead and give me one of your gambling rolls. And I will roll for these guys to see how good they do. Not so hot. Uh, that would be a total of 18. All right, so uh, in the first few minutes that you're actually playing, you're actually extremely successful, and you've won a fair bit of money for yourself at this point. All right, you two are doing backflips. You've got your what? mugs filled. Right. And by you two, I mean John and Adagoke. Right. <laughs> so the bard on the stage, what is the bard on the stage doing? I know that they probably stopped during all of the oh, shenanigans, sure. but are they singing? Are they, what, what are they... What are they singing about? Uh, he was just strumming. His strumming? lute was just very, not a very good bard. Let's just go ahead and be honest. Now he's singing about yes. John the backflipper. Yes. <laughs> he is. He, he's beginning to like strum out a little tune. Uh, first you go to the A chord, and then you go to the G chord, and he's like 
and John, John the backflipper, and it is really bad. So I pretty much can tell this is not a very world-traveled bard. No, unfortunately. Okay. He's, uh, he probably makes his, he's probably less a bard and more of a local minstrel. That okay. Doesn't do very well because he's playing here. Gotcha. He's more of a drunk guy that found a loot in the corner. Bingo. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Chad. <laughs> Absolutely. Very good. Um, Prithee, here is Wonderwall. <laughs> oh, and everybody groans, and he gets a couple of mugs to the head for that one. Um, the bard is down. And so while the bartender's talking with the lovely lady at the the very stuck-up not so very lovely lady at the bar. He finally talks her into uh, singing a song, and uh, she walks up to the lute player, just kind of stares at him, and he meekly walks down the <laughs> stairs. And she makes her way to the stage, and she begins to sing, and it is a haunting tune. Not to tell you exactly what your characters feel, but they feel longing and loss as she... Sing it for us, Wes. And you don't want that. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Believe me. I'm um, so sad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's where the song begins. It's uh, operatic in nature because she is a chelish diva. So she. let's see how well she does. I'm going to go ahead and roll for her. Have I heard um, it before? Probably. Yeah. At least a little bit in passing. You may have studied it in some of your Chalaxian history in school. Who are you? Too late now. <laughs> <laughs> Fane knows that from his uh, school at Whitewall. Um, she, she, if she was doing a perform check for you, she would have rolled a twenty-nine. Okay. And she rolled a four on the dice, just to give you an idea of the amount of skill that this woman has. Wow. Uh, but the song, even as sad as it is, it is a haunting tale of a woman's love for a married man. But as she gets more into it, the second, third, fourth, and fifth verses devolves into a body tune of how she's going to murder his wife. Oh, okay. And awesome. it's, it actually becomes really a whole lot of fun. And it's 12 verses deep. And she's getting into it and really beginning to do some of the dances on stage. And she finally finishes, and she stands up, and she bows. I like to imagine it's that song. Uh, it's not Margaritaville, but Pina Colada. <laughs> do you like right. Pina Colada? Yeah. <laughs> Somewhat similar to that, but more operatic in nature. Uh, I really, actually, do you guys know the show Carmen at all? Yeah. That really, da, 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 da. It becomes that song over and over. Oh, okay. So it's a little, uh, little catchy. I got nothing. A little you'll more be, festive. Yeah, you'll be, okay. uh, you'll be singing it in your sleep tonight if you can remember it's like the narwhal song <laughs> the narwhal no song. <laughs> you're welcome again <laughs> uh chad and valley have something going on all right the narwhal song so how many people are in this bar besides the players oh it's gotta be at least a dozen okay so, so there Adagoke is gonna turn to john and say my friend you have a rare talent i suggest we use it to get extremely drunk Extremely drunk, I already am. <laughs> How much more drunk do you want to get? Extremely err. I like this plan. And the lady with the brightly colored clothing at that time jumps down, puts her arms around both of you gentlemen, and leads you to the bar. And she just says, these two, load them up. And she just points at Fane and says, you, come join us. Come, I... Fane. Drink with us. Enjoy the night. I close my book and go to the bar. And you, Kit... Come, join us at the bar. Drink, drink all you can, Kit and Sebastian. I see you over there. You may be winning money, but come, drink with us here at the bar. 
I've had one half of a drink. And I look at the lady and go, how do you know who I am? Yeah, so <laughs> when she was on her way out. You met Syl, yes? And she didn't say anything to you when she walked out. Ah, uh, but we know. <laughs> did she not? No, she just pointed. She did. <laughs> okay. I wasn't looking. It's a bad DM move. <laughs> I'm a terrible DM. Yes, they talked just before she walked out the door, okay. so they know your name. Right. My friends, I see this night ending badly for all of us, but for now, let us drink. <laughs> Kit, come drink with us. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, and you guys begin to just pound the drinks at the night. Kalki is just buying them left and right because you find out that's her name. As the night goes on. Kalki? Kalki. C-A-U-L-K-Y. She's a very friendly individual. Kalki, are you a pirate? Am I a pirate? Why do you ask, Mr. Fane? I am looking for pirates. Then I am a pirate, and you have found one. If you're looking for pirates, let me tell you, I'm a pirate. Are you? John Fane. I'm trying to find the pirate life, so... You Please, found it me. right here, buddy. Do pirates uh, all flip like that? A more unlikely group of pirates, these two, I don't think I've ever seen. <laughs> Only a real pirate flips like me. Fane jumps on the bar. Did you just become John Wayne? Is that what I'm hearing right now? <laughs> <laughs> when John Ollie becomes very drunk, he becomes John Wayne. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and as the night goes on, it becomes louder and rowdier and bawdier. And eventually... Uh, you've had so much to drink that you all black out. Dun, dun, dun. And we'll pick up with episode one later on. Thanks, guys. Cool. We are introducing our newest character. Uh, damn it. This is going to be fun. I'm going to put this at the end of your episode zeros uh, so everybody can tell how terrible I am at this job. Wow.